Whoa, we're here. Straight out of New York, Sports Ethos, New York Knicks podcast, Andre Galliber. Fresh off the Knicks home opener, victory over the Detroit Pistons. I told you they had to beat them. They had to beat them bad. I thought it was important. New point guard, new offensive system, new focus. Guys have to make up for a poor season last year, poor home record for the Knicks. They had to beat this team, a team who has high hopes, hopes of being better than the Knicks, competing with the Knicks for a play-in spot. I told you there were people who said the Pistons would be better than the Knicks, right? I told you that. That's what they said. It's early. It's early. Can't take your bows just yet, but just know that if the Knicks had lost this game, they'd be taking their bows. So if you're a Knicks fan, take your bows. Go ahead. Enjoy it. And I'm not sure what the Pistons are going to end up doing. Oh, it's, listen, it's very early. I'm not a reactionary guy. I'm going to point some things out here and there, but it's early. You got to have something to talk about, but it's real early. The season can go left for the Knicks and it can turn right for the Pistons. They have a lot of talent over there. I just felt like the talent is just not ready to play consistently. I didn't like schematically what they were doing when I saw them in the preseason. And people say, oh, it's a preseason. You keep talking about preseason. Well, I mean, it's only three games in for some teams, two games in for others. So, And and right now, the preseason guys are playing. I told you, guys are playing in the preseason. They were, the coaches were playing their guys, a lot of these coaches. We're playing playing their guys early in this preseason or early in the games, three quarters for a lot of for a lot of teams. You can't just dismiss everything you saw. And I didn't like what the Pistons were doing offensively. You saw Isaiah Stewart outside a little bit more as the game progressed for the Pistons. I think they have to have Isaiah Stewart. Spend a little bit more time outside. I don't know if you want him sitting outside all the time. He's not that great of a shooter, but you got to open up space for Ivy. You got to open up space for Cade. You saw Sadiq Bay have a good game against the Knicks. Bogdanovich is there. He's a scorer, and you saw how they want to use him. It's kind of like he's the steady influence on that offense with with a, a young player in Cade and a rookie in Ivy. Sadiq Bay. Has, has grown leaps and bounds uh, as a player, far surpassing the expectations I think even the Pistons had for him in terms of what he can do on the floor. But you know what you can get out of Bogdanovich. So it was obvious to me the Bogdanovich transaction signaled the Pistons were going to try to compete for the play-in, or they just sitting him, holding on to him until the trade deadline, Seeing if they can get something from a contender for him. He's on the last year of his deal, making just under $20 million. I believe he's at $18 million. I think so. I think he can be traded as soon as November 22nd, I believe. So, if I'm the Pistons, I don't know. I, if you're really trying to fight for the play-in when you have a team that is just as easily can be in the lottery, that's kind of silly. I mean, you do have to establish kind of a winning culture for your franchise. So it's, you know, it's it's kind of a tricky thing, but I'd rather go, go out there and compete with the guys you believe are the core of your franchise instead of a veteran 
He really doesn't have anything to prove. You know, just 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 trade him, <laughs> trade him, play it, play Ivy, play Cade, play Bay, play Doran, play Stewart. You know, get Killian out there and see what you can salvage from from him as a player. But trying to you know having Bogdanovich put up fifteen to twenty points every night, taking shots away from your other guys. Yeah, it'll help you win games, but you know what's that's silly in my in my estimation. But we're here to talk about the team that won by twenty four points against this team that was supposed to be better than them. Impressive, and the reason why I said they had to not just win this game, but they had to win it handily after having a poor record, a very poor record at home last year, the Knicks had to begin to establish establish anew. And had playing a close game against Detroit, a win is a win. If they had pulled it out, it would have been fine. But there's a confidence that good teams play with, a trust that they have to forge with each other. You have a new system here. They're playing with a lot more pace, a lot, of, a lot more body movement and ball movement. A lot more energy consistently. You want to see that pay dividends as a team. And at home, the first game of the season, you're kind of you're kind of setting that precedent. You're kind of building that foundation. And against a team that you should have beat and a team that they probably believe that they should beat by 24 points, even if you don't, they have to go out there and do it. It's good for the psychology of the team. And I think it'll pay dividends down the, down the line for them. So if they had played that game close, there might have been some doubts in that locker room. If they had executed down the stretch, that would have been a good a good thing. But there would have been some doubts in the locker room about what they're doing and, and how it's working. So I thought it was very important that they beat them badly in this game because I believe they are that much better than Detroit. And in a home opener, when your energy is at its highest and the fans are, the fans are energized, you got to take advantage of that. And if you don't, I think it's a bad, I think it would, would have been a bad sign. And for the first time you're hearing the coaching staff and the organization talk about what well, we've all known for years. If you've watched the Knicks for a long period of time, players come in here wanting to put on a show. You can talk about the Knicks home court advantage all you want. They come in here and they want to put on a show for, for the New York fans because they know they're going to get a ton of attention. Guys come in here and they play their best game. I told you about the six dozen players that come to New York and have a bone to pick with the Knicks and always have a good game. And you're about to see a couple of them when Orlando plays the Knicks Monday night. Cole Anthony, the Knicks passed on him in the draft. I know it had to break his heart. His father played for the Knicks for a couple years, was drafted by the Knicks. I know it had to break his heart. And you saw last year he came in here against the Knicks, and he had an outstanding game in the Garden after the Knicks went down to Orlando and blew them out. There was a lot of trash talk between the two teams, and and they came in here, and they smacked the Knicks around. And Cole Anthony was awesome in that game. Awesome. And then you got the human torch, Terrence Ross, who doesn't seem to miss a shot when it counts against the Knicks. And now you have the rookie, Paolo Bancaro. I'm going to put the accent on it this time. I said it in, in the most American way possible a couple shows ago. You know that he wants to have a good game against the Knicks in New York. You know he wants to put on a show. 
So the Knicks are going to have to deal with that. A tough matchup. This is a big kid. Athletic, strong. There's only one guy on the team that can probably even begin to match his physicality. And that's Randall. And he's likely going to be in foul trouble. Because he tends to be a very aggressive and handsy physical defender. And, and when he wants to be. And you don't know whether or not the refs are going to blow the whistle or not. So he's probably going to be in foul trouble. And the Knicks are going to be at a deficit size-wise with him for the rest of the game. So that's something to keep an eye on in this game coming up. But back to the Pistons, I thought if you go down the line, I thought everybody played decently. The starters didn't blow you away. Brunson had a pretty good game. RJ had a bounce back, but it was the bench. If you look at the plus minuses for the starters, and again, I'm starting to make this a habit. I don't want to, but if you look at the starters, R.J. Barrett was a plus 12, but he played a lot of garbage. He played with the second unit, and he played in the garbage time session for a little while. Uh, for whatever reason, Tom put him back in the game with a few minutes to go. For whatever, I have no idea why. They were up, I believe, 22 points at the time, somewhere along those lines. He put him back in the game. It was like four minutes ago in the game. So he's a plus 12. It wasn't all in in the minute or so, two minutes that he played. He did play a lot with the second unit. But Randall, minus one. Mitchell, plus five. Brunson, plus three. Fournier, minus one. But the bench, Hardenstein, 21, plus 21. Redis, plus 12. Quickly, plus 27. Obi, plus 25. Derek, plus 23. The second unit did it, and I talked about it a couple of shows ago. I told you this second unit, if they're going to be as good as people think they are, Nick fans at least, and the organization, obviously, they have to dominate the second units of most of the teams in this league. Most of the teams in this league are going to out-talent them in the first quarter of the game. Or I should say the starters. And it's not that the starters are bad before you get your panties in a bunch. It's because... They're not supremely talented. They're not going to beat you just by out-talenting you. They don't have Ivy. They don't have Tatum. You go around a league and you look at the starting fives, there's going to be one or two young studs on those teams, whether they already got their max money or whether they were just drafting the last couple of years, guys who were considered to be more talented than the Knicks. You go down the line. Find me the team that doesn't have that young guy playing who's more talented than the Knicks? Maybe Utah? San Antonio? There's not many. So even teams that the Knicks should be better than, it's going to be because they out-execute you, out-work you, out-defend you, out-prepare you. And that's where they need, that's where that starting lineup needs to be crisp. And that's where Brunson, and, and down the stretch of the games, obviously, that's where Brunson is vital to bringing out the best in those players who may not be out-talenting most teams in the league in that starting lineup. But the second unit, at least from an organizational standpoint, they believe these guys do have the talent to out-talent second units around the league. If you don't think OB and quickly are, and eventually Grimes are good enough to be better than most of the second units around the league, unless it's a contender then they're not the players you think they are. And now you can throw Cam in that mix. And obviously Rose is already established 
himself as a player in this league. A player of the utmost importance on the New York Knicks. If you don't know that, you don't watch the Knicks very much. You didn't watch them two years ago. I said it before. Before, Derrick Rose was the difference in that playoff team. He was the difference. And I've said it before with Quickly having the ball out of Rose's hands and putting it in Quickly's hands makes you a less effective offense. Quickly is not dynamic enough on the ball to create openings and opportunities for the other players in that second unit. Derek, however, is. So in the half court, it should be in his hands. And if Derek doesn't have the shot, he's going to move it. And now Quickly can do what he does off ball, weak side, attacking closeouts. No, not having the pressure of being at the top of the key with that high screen and roll that gets us, gets the Knicks nothing most of the time when he's running it. That's where he can be effective, and that's where he was effective last night. You saw a breakout game from him, only second game of the season, but you feel me. Didn't play well in the preseason. 20 points, 7 assists, 6 rebounds, 3 of 8 from 3. Not out of this world, but better than he shot first game preseason and, and last year for most of the year last year. Now, some of that was garbage time. But he was effective when the game was on the line. And that's what you want from him. What you saw last night, you're not going to get 27 and 6 every night. Or 27 and 7 every night. You're not going to get that every night. You don't need him to do that every night. You just need him to be effective with his opportunities. And you need him to create opportunities when the ball finds him. And what the Knicks don't need to do is have the game in his hands solely with that second unit. Because they're not going to be as efficient. Period. The ball has to move around for both the first unit and the second unit. But the ball has to move around more with that second unit because they only have one shot creator. And that's Rose. And he's not going to be able to do it every single night. And the ball hasn't been finding two games in. But the ball hasn't been finding Obi, who I think is underutilized in the half court. Because I believe, again, just like quickly, on the weak side, he's a guy... That knows how to attack hard closeouts and get to the front of the rim. You get a lot of weak side back cuts from Obi when the ball is moving. You get the team rotating. Obi's going to create openings or find openings that you can take advantage of. If the defense isn't moving, that's not going to happen. He's just going to be hoisting up threes all the time. And you know that's literally hit or miss with him, even though he's a much better three-point shooter than he was originally when he came into the league and for most of the year last year. And last night, Obi had a good game. 7 of 12 from the field. 2 of 5 from 3. 3 rebounds, 4 assists. I mean, 4 rebounds, 3 assists. 1 block, 16 points. That's the type of games you want from Obi. 20 minutes of work. That's what you want. The ball needs to find him more often. He can handle the ball better than he. He's not a he's not a great second level IQ guy right now, but some of that is from him not having the ball in his hands. And I'm not saying he should be out there creating opportunities for everybody at the top of the key, but the ball has to find him on the weak side through ball movement. And you saw that last night. You saw him get out in transition. You saw a fast break with him and Cam Reddish, green light Cam. He came in firing. 
firing. But you you saw that, and part of Cam's issue is is practical confidence. I think he's an irrational confident type of guy. If you listen to him and and you read about him in general, he's a guy who believes he's the best player in the league. <laughs> so, and he is a very talented player. But he's one of those guys who they don't utilize that confidence in a practical way when they when they've gotten their opportunities. In short, and like he's not the game is not going to be put in Cam's hands. It's almost like the game has to be in his hands for him to be effective. He has to learn how to be effective in a role. And credit to Tibbs, Tibbs clearly told him to put the shots up. Because you saw him make some crazy shots from three against Memphis, but then you saw him take the same shots against the Pistons and they weren't even close. You're going to have to take the good with the bad. The good with Cam is right now he's playing decent defense and his length causes problems defensively. And you see that on the court. And then his ability to drive the basket is second to none on this team. He's not nearly as effective as Jalen is or Rose is driving to the basket, but he does it much easier. At least much easier than Brunson does. And that's not a bad thing for Brunson. That's that's been a criticism that people had for Brunson when he was signed. That he's he's not like the ultra, he's not De'Aaron Fox. He's not one of these guys that fly all over the court and can't be stopped because of their speed and athleticism. But his craftiness in the paint is fine for me and it should be fine for you. So he doesn't get to the rim quite as easy as Cam does, but he's much better at making plays once he gets there. And that's a big deal. <laughs> that's a big deal. There's one thing to get there. You got to make plays once you get there. But there aren't too many players on this team that get there the way Cam does. So you want you want him on the floor as long as he's going to be effective on the defensive end and efficient to some degree on offense. Because he's adding a, a dimension that no one else on the team has right now, especially with Grimes out. But last night, or this last game, green light Cam, he came in. Confident he was going to knock down those contested jumpers. Not so much. Not so much. Six points, four rebounds. Three of eight from the field, I believe. And a lot of that was transition. Plays along. And, and, and listen, he cannot be a guy who plays 20 minutes and turns the, and gets stripped or bounces the ball off his big toe every single game. He can't be that guy. You have to have more court awareness than he currently has if he's going to play consistently. He's got to if they're going to play. If they're going to if they're going to if they're going to be effective, you have to be solid. How many how many times do you see guys get stripped? He only plays 20 minutes. He's getting stripped. Almost every time he comes into the game. It's ridiculous. I'm not trying to kill a kid. I want the kid to do well because obviously the Knicks paid a lot to bring him in here. And there's talent there. There's talent here. There's talent there that other Knicks don't have. But he has to think about it. (laughs) This is probably the third show in a row I've said this. Look at Matherin. Why is Matherin better than Cam? 
He's just better. He just came into the league two seconds ago. Cam been here this whole time. They pulling Matherin off the bench. He comes right in and he just plays good basketball. Can you, We can't have this flash in the pan stuff with Cam and then everybody's clamoring for him to play 40 minutes a game. He finally broke out and then he comes out just throwing the ball to the side of the rim. You got to find a way to be effective every time you come on the floor. You have to figure it out. And he has not. And you're seeing younger players be in the league for three seconds and they figured it out. So I'm not trying to rip Cam, but there's a you have to change your perspective when you see where he is and what he doesn't do. You have to change your perspective a little bit. You can't make it everyone else's fault that he's not effective in his role. Because he's getting the green light to shoot when he wants and make plays when he wants. He can't just be a guy who does it sometimes. He has to be a guy who does it every single time if he's the guy he thinks he is. But let's not make it about him. You saw R.J. Barrett have a better game. It was a blowout, 18 points, 4 assists, 3 rebounds. No 3-pointers, 0-3. And listen, let's keep our fingers crossed on this. This guy shot well in the preseason. You thought he would come out and have a better season from three. It's only two games in. Don't have a heart attack. But listen, he's got to he's got to knock that shot down. The Knicks are going to win consistently. Being in the Memphis game without him playing well at all and then having him not hit outside shots in this Pistons game and win by, his, by the margin that they won by, it's a good sign for the team, but it's not a great sign for RJ, who had a good game overall. Made some plays when the game was was uh, hanging in the balance early in the game. Made some plays with other, other guys. Julius, 5-12 from the field. Obviously, the mo- not the most efficient outing. Six rebounds, 15 points, no assists. You know that's not usually the stat line for, for Randall. Not going to jump down his throat. I think Randall's playing decently. He still does... Some head scratchers out there and some head scratching plays and shots. But it's not terrible. Not worth criticizing. Juxtaposed with all of the good things that he's doing on the court, I feel. He's really setting the tone for the ball movement and the unselfishness. Playing decent defense. He's, he's under the rim a little bit more than he has been the last couple years. Not the day to criticize him in a in a, in a uh, blowout victory in the home opener. Mitchell Robinson, 23 points, 3 of 3, 5 rebounds, 2 blocks, 8 points. You're still going to hear noise from the Hartenstein is better than Mitchell crowd. I told you before, his floor game is going to make you want him on the floor. But please do not underscore what Mitchell is doing Again, he was in foul trouble in the first game. You saw it a little bit in the preseason. What he's doing at the front of the rim is game-changing. And there are going to be games when you need both of those guys, and not just one. Don't think it's just one. You need both. And having that having that monster at the center position where you've got two guys, two guys who do different things on offense, one guy's more dynamic defensively and more dynamic on the offensive boards in general, even though Hardenstein had four offensive rebounds last night in 21 minutes, match Mitchell, you'd probably not. You shouldn't. Pro- you shouldn't see Hardenstein get 
as many offensive rebounds as Mitchell because he's supposed to be shooting the ball a little bit more. But Hartenstein's hustle, defensively, toughness, is something is something that you want to see as a Knicks fan. It's something that is nice to see as a, as a basketball fan, to see kind of like the old school big men hustling, making plays. These guys, both of them, are going to be needed. And you can't keep counting Mitchell's money every time there's a game where he only plays 20 minutes. This was a blowout. The first game was foul trouble. Hardenstein was almost in foul trouble in this game while the game was still in doubt. They're both going to be in foul trouble to some degree because they're both physical defenders. They're both fighting on the boards. Let's not count Mitchell's money every single time they play a game. Have have at least the wherewithal, the weight, and see how the defense looks over the course of 10, 15 games. How Mitchell looks over the course of 10, 15 games before you start complaining about his contract. In that starting unit, what we have left, we didn't cover Fournier and Brunson. I feel like we're going to be saying the same thing about Brunson every every show. Because this is what he's been since he's been in the league. He's just solid. Just solid. I think he's 15 assists in the two games and no turnovers. You know, he he's going up against Cade Cunningham. Ivy's on the floor, and he's out there. He's holding his own. 17, 17 points, six assists, one steal. Got to the free throw line, hit two or four from three. You see guys like Ryan Rosillo creating straw man arguments, saying things like, how long do you think it's going to be before the Knicks fans lose patience with Brunson not being a high-end producer at the point guard position, not being the savior that everyone thinks he he was. No one thought he was a savior. Nick fans were arguing over that signing. The whole notion of Jalen Brunson being a savior for the Knicks, that's a media-driven notion. It, of course, there's some Yahoo fans out there that get excited, think Cam Reddish is a Hall of Famer if he plays 35 minutes a game. But the vast majority of Nick fans did not think Jalen Brunson was a guy that was going to save the Knicks franchise They knew exactly what he was. And some people wanted him for that. And some people didn't. Me, I wanted him. Because I know know what kind of a steady influence Jalen is and, and what effect that can have on a team. Having a guy who's just solid and smart and knows how to make plays. If you saw a Tibbs put him back in the game, and I'm not defending it. But you saw a Tibbs put him back in the game with a couple minutes to go. I think it was about four minutes to go in the game. Because the Knicks hadn't scored in a couple minutes. The lead was still 20. And he put him back in the game to get a couple baskets. Quickly was on the floor. If you want to read into it, again, quickly allowed that team in a blowout to go a stretch of time without scoring. And Tibbs felt like he needed to put Brunson in the game to get points on the board to, to wrap the game up. I'm not saying I agree with Tibbs putting Brunson back in the game. I think you could have just rode that out. He put RJ back in the game, too. I don't think they were in the game at the same time for any significant portion, if at all. But the fact that he couldn't rely on quickly to just get us a basket to get us through the game, and he felt like he had to put Brunson in the game, at the very least, it tells you that he's seeing what I'm seeing with quickly, and that quickly doesn't run that offense very well. Not uh, Not in an efficient way to me. 
And clearly to him, even though, please, can you not put Brunson in the game in a blowout? Then Come on. If he's that important, don't put him back in the game. I know you got to secure the win. Let the game get down to 12 points with two minutes to go before you put the starters back in. Let's not do four minutes to go, 20-point lead. It's ridiculous. But Brunson has been exactly so far what I thought he was going to be, and I don't understand how anyone saw it differently. I really don't. And I feel like every show we're going to come on here and we're going to see the same things and say the same things about Brunson. You're going to say he was solid. And that's all he is. And that's what you want. And that's what they need. We'll wrap it up with Fournier. Eight points. One block, one steal, two assists. One rebound, two of five from three. 19 minutes. Now, there's two sides to this coin. I told you that Fournier was going to be a first and third quarter player if, if the bench was playing well, especially when Grimes comes back. I still believe that. I have no reason to think that's not going to happen. And 20 minutes is not a lot of minutes. The blowout, again. He's going to be a first and third player if Grimes is back, especially if Cam is playing well. He's going to be a first and third player if everyone's playing well. But if they're not playing well and they're not shooting well, Fournier is going to play. And this is what you guys don't understand. No one on that team shoots the ball like Fournier. You want quickly to be that guy. He's not. He hasn't been. I think he could He could be. I don't think he would be the shooter that Fournier is, to be honest. I think he could hit open shots at a similar rate, potentially, as Fournier. I think you saw that a little bit in his rookie year. Not so much last year. But he's not the versatile shooter that Fournier is. Fournier does not need much space. I keep saying it. A guy who can shoot like that, you have to account for on the floor. That's why you see shooters play. Guys who aren't necessarily dynamic players, but they're on the floor. Because shooters like that change the game for you. And the Knicks don't have shooters like that. There's a reason why Randall's open as often as he is. RJ, I don't know I don't know if RJ's hit a three to start the year. Did he hit a three at all in Memphis? Because he didn't hit a three last night. We believe, you believe, that he's a better player than that. I do. We've seen him shoot the ball better. You've seen Quickly shoot the ball better. You have high hopes for Grimes, who had a nice stretch before he got hurt last year. You don't know what kind of shooter Cam is. He's never shown himself to be as a consistent shooter as Fournier. And that shooting is needed. And he's also very good on the weak side, creating a shot for himself or creating uh, offense for other people. In limited opportunities. And that's a guy that he's going to play if those guys are not number one, lights out defensively, and able to stretch the floor. So you want Fournier to not play? You better pray that Cam starts shooting, Grimes comes back shooting, and quickly can more consistently be knocking him down. Or he's going to continue to play. And it's not even an easy, it's not even a difficult decision to make. It's just not. He's a good passer when he gets in the lane as well. It's not even difficult. But like I told you, if those guys do do that, then he's going to be a first and third player until he gets shipped out of here. So if you don't if you don't like him, first of all, I think it's ridiculous that you're not appreciating what he does from three. You just like the, the glitz and the glamour of Cam dribbling off his foot. Appreciate having a shooter on that team because you're going to need him. There are going to be games when you need him. And you're seeing guys out here on Twitter saying, look, Courtney didn't even do anything last night. Well, they were up by 24. One by 24. 
What do you want from him? And and the bench played well. And I told you, if the bench plays well, he's not going to play. Told you that. But they better play well because he's going to be playing if they don't. And each and every last one of them is going to have to play well. And the asterisk is next to Cam. He's the wild card. He's the guy that could potentially take Fournier's minutes if everyone is playing well. Or or that's that's going to be the controversy. You're going to be sitting there on a pine. But quickly, Grimes, Obi, all these guys got to play well if you want Fournier to sit on the bench. Every last one of them. Looking forward to this magic game. Another big game for the Knicks. At home, the magic. A lot of good young players on that roster. You got to, I'm not going to say they have to win this game going away. Even though the Magic is sitting at 0-3. I think they played a very close game against the Celtics. I think this team has a lot of matchup issues with the Knicks. Franz Wagner, that's my guy. I like that guy. I like that kid. Does a lot of good things on the floor. Wendell Carter's getting better and better. Had a double-double against the Celtics, 15 points, 12 rebounds, 5 assists. I told you Terrence Ross is a Nick killer. Cole Anthony wants to get it at get at the Knicks every chance he gets. And now they're playing bowl bowl. Now they're playing bowl bowl. This guy played 14 minutes at four blocks. He is a pain in the butt out there because of all the things he can do on the floor. It's funny, I heard... Bart Scott, who's a former NFL player, hosts a radio show here in New York. Everyone was talking about Wembenyana, and he he said, "Isn't he what Bo Bo was supposed to be?" And they all laughed at him, and I thought it was funny. But then, <laughs> you think about it for a little bit. Yeah, I mean, Bo Bo was a guy who was seven feet plus, who was dribbling the ball, shaking everybody up, giving everyone the boogies, shooting threes, finishing. And you're seeing that a little bit now that Orlando's decided to give him some time to play. He's been in Denver. Denver has a full roster, never got on the floor, had some injury uh, issues last year when he was traded. Orlando's giving him some minutes. Plus nine in the game. You know what? I'm the plus minus guy. That's it. I'm just going to be a plus minus guy right now. Six points, four blocks, five rebounds, 14 minutes. Let's hope he doesn't make a star of himself against the Knicks because you know, I'm telling you, all these guys come out here, they want to make a name for themselves. And Bo Bo's going to be a pain in the butt for the Knicks. He doesn't play many minutes, but he causes a lot of havoc in the lane. Mo Bamba's from New York. He hasn't distinguished himself off a big contract that was kind of perplexing when they signed him, I thought. They must be signing him to trade him because they're not playing in that many minutes. He's not getting a lot of opportunities. Okiki's a little bit healthy now. This is a guy who I know can cause a lot of havoc on the defensive end. Athletic player. I don't like this game for the Knicks. I think this is a game where the Knicks could be riding high off that victory against Detroit, playing an 0-3 team, and maybe take them too lightly. Let's not, bar- let's not bury the lead. Number one pick. Bonketto. 
getting to the line against the Celtics. Nine of 11, taking threes, not knocking them all down. Two of seven in the last game. Three assists, five rebounds, one block. He's just a matchup nightmare. Just a matchup nightmare for the Knicks. So this is, this is I'm not going to call it a trap game necessarily. People don't have high hopes for Orlando right now, but they have a lot of talent. This is what I was saying earlier in the show. There's a lot of talent in these starting lineups around the league. So this is a big game against Orlando. This is a game the Knicks have to win because you don't want to take this loss early in the season to a team you should beat. The Knicks, the Knicks can't afford to take these losses if they're going to compete for the play-in. They got to win this game at home. They got to keep Orlando on the skids here. 0-3 to start. Take their heart. But it's going to be a tough game for them. Hopefully, RJ will come out of that shooting slump. That'll be a big plus. And once again, the second unit has to run these guys off the floor. They're playing guys like Kevon Harris in the second unit. RJ Hampton. Not terrible players, but not exactly players the Knicks should be afraid of in their second unit. But I can't wait. It's exciting when you think. When, see, people didn't expect good things from the Knicks. Nick fans did. They're probably the only ones. I saw Bobby Marks say that he thought the Knicks had a decent roster. He's probably the only person I've heard say that, to be honest with you, uh, in the media. But every game right now, as long as the season is looking up, every game is exciting for the Knicks right now, and that's what you want as a fan. So I'm excited for this game tonight, and we'll be here after. We'll be here a few times a week, I told you. Make sure you go to sportsethos.com, get your fantasy news, get your betting news, get everything you need. Great resource, underutilized. Make sure you follow at Sports Ethos on Twitter, at Ethos Knicks. Give a follow, comment. Don't get on the bandwagon too late. Going to leave without you. Knicks looking good. Can't wait until next time.